Hello there. You're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Wednesday, the 7th of June. Today, I am joined by Lacey Smith, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hey there, Lacey. How are you doing today? Pretty good. How about you, Peter? All good here, thank you. All good here. So, uh, which story did you pick out from today's Watson's Daily? Um, I chose the story about larger firms shutting office space because mm-hmm. people are wanting flexible work. Obviously, yep. this has been a hot topic for quite a long time since COVID happened. Mm. Um, and I feel like this headline's a bit misleading because it says it's they're shutting office space. That makes it sound like they're just getting rid of offices or like yeah. doing so altogether. But what it's really about is more of a shift from large office spaces to more quality office spaces. Mm. And... I feel like, okay, shutting office space, yes, they're using up less like square footage, Mm -hmm. but they're still wanting an office space that's going to work well for the people that are in the company. Uh, So basically, it's interesting because they're taking up less space, which Mm. makes you wonder what's going to happen to those buildings that have really large offices. Are those going to become office share locations like WeWork or Spaces, or are multiple companies going to start combining like the space, oh, we can both use this space because it used to house one large company, but now we only need half the amount of space kind of situation. But the other thing that they really emphasized in the article was ESG and the Mm. kind of shift to that mindset of Mm. a lot of office spaces and a lot of these younger people coming in want an office that has a better environmental standard. Mm -hmm. They want better lighting. They want better airflow. They want better features really and i i feel like it's kind of silly to say like a new person is walking into the company saying oh i want a good light like i i need good light because <laughs> that's really important like I, I, that's where i go what employee is gonna like sit there at the interview and be like um i'm, I'm not sure i want to work here anymore there's another place that's offering me less money but they have better lighting <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yes, it's not. It's not going to be. It, it, I. I don't think many people would see that as bit lighting as being a major deal breaker, would it? Really? Yeah, exactly. But I have heard of people going to kind of open day situations and going into a firm that says, "I'm super focused on environment," and then this firm uses things like plastic cups. To yeah. Serve everyone, and I have heard of people turning around and not applying to those places because they're like. Obviously, the standards that they're saying are not in tune with what they're doing. And so wow. I have heard some of that. And that yeah. is interesting. Yeah. So, I feel bad, yeah. though, because actually, it's probably not necessarily their fault. You know, it's whoever organized the, you know, putting the cups out, you know, whatever <laughs> fault, isn't it really? They're, they yeah. may just have been drafted in at the last minute and there just happened to be some plastic cups in a, in a, you know, in, in some cupboard somewhere. And that's all it is. But uh it does does feel somewhat harsh, but um, but anyway, yeah. I mean, I I, I I've worked in loads of different types of places um, over my career. I've I've worked in old like old buildings that were sort of you know started off as one building and then they they bought the next building and the next and the next and the next and you ended up with a rabbit warren of all sorts of different floors and mezzanines and all sorts of stuff. Um, 
I've worked in ultra modern buildings, which are super plush and absolutely amazing. I've worked in a place in like off Carnaby Street at where you know West End, which is pretty rubbish kind of um, serviced office. I've worked in you know I've worked in so many different environments, and my conclusion is that I really do think that uh, having a good environment is is actually a good a positive thing um because you know some people go oh it doesn't really matter you know it's work is work and whatever i i disagree with that you know i do think that actually if you go into somewhere that is really nice it's actually inspiring it makes you want to make money i remember once um you know i talked to someone who was i think it was at ubs and and they they just had a new you know brand new dealing floor which is massive and they said you know going in you feel like you want to make more money it makes you want to make more money by going in yeah. somewhere like that and i totally agree because I, I you know i i felt the same things where you know difference in, in in different ways in different places and uh and so although you know lighting air quality i mean as well, i think with the, the, the whole air quality thing surely that 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 is really you know as you don't want to be choking on exhaust fumes basically <laughs> um so unless you your office is like um on a roundabout um um you know which which happens to be on, on the on the route that loads of uh, lorries take or something and you leave the windows open all day i mean i would have thought that's not going to be too much of a problem but anyway all these things individually they sound a bit kind of finickety but um but i think uh pernickety rather but i altogether they do add up and they can make a difference and so i reckon the thing there is is what what's happening now is you're seeing a bit of a two-tier uh, uh thing going on in real estate where all this you know super good environmentally friendly office space is in in you know in in a it has a lot of demand mm -hmm. but the older stuff which isn't as good and needs upgrading is seeing a lot less demand yeah. so um we're getting a two-tier sort of property uh, office property market going on at the moment um so you know they're they're in a difficult position but i mean well i mean what, what do you what do you think of that well it's difficult because you do have that kind of lower tier now of the older mm. buildings that aren't as nice and they don't have as many environmental regulations they're mm. not up to the current standard anymore there needs to be a good way to retrofit those because it's not going to be environmentally friendly to break those buildings down and try again. Mm. You're going to have to find a way. There's going to have to be companies that step up and find a way to less expensively than ripping it down and building a new one, mm. retrofit the building and make it more environmentally friendly. And I feel like that can be relatively simple in some ways. I mean, they said that lighting is a, a situation to think about. And I'm like, LEDs. Mm. A simple fit like that is not that expensive it actually saves money on electricity a lot of the time yeah and it's just it's one of those little tiny simple things that can make it a little bit more of a in, an inviting place mm. adding silly things like i've been in offices that have a nice rooftop terrace that's mm. so lovely to have it's it's such a silly thing but mm. it's on a nice day to be able to have lunch on the roof is fabulous mm. Mm. Just like little tiny silly things like that make people want to come into the office more, mm. I think. I'd rather be coming into office that has a few little amenities. Like I've also worked in offices with like the nice coffee maker on the one floor mm. with couches and this and the other. It's just nice to have that kind of space where yeah. you can walk out of the cubicle or walk out of the room 
mm-hmm. and have some other change of scenery. Yeah. I like a change of scenery. I like going into an office, but I also am very pro hybrid work. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. I feel like hybrid work is so important because you have that balance. Yeah. I can get a lot done at home on my own because yeah. I have a lot of like focus when I'm at home. Mm-hmm. But going into the office gives you the human interaction. It gives you the, the, I, I have a friend that said during COVID, during the lockdown, it was so hard not being able to go into the office because so much happens mm. just in passing in the hallways. Mm. And I feel like that's something that we need to keep doing. We need to keep having these hybrid spaces because those hallway conversations can be one of the most important parts of your day, mm. which is always very interesting. Those aren't going to happen online. So mm. Finding places, finding spaces that people want to go to is going to be huge. Mm. And frankly, that's going to be kind of focusing on retrofitting the lousy buildings. <laughs> yeah. lousy, not lousy, um, less than perfect buildings now. Yeah. And then finding decent office spaces. I mean, I live in the Canary Wharf area and obviously the offices around here are all very advanced kind of top notch looking yeah. places. And yeah. Those are the like how many people say they want to work at Barclays or something like that? Yeah, they Mm. have a lovely building over here. Mm. It's one of those situations. It's like, and they boast about it all the time in this area. Mm. Beautiful office space. You're gonna want to come come to work because Mm. we have this standard, this high high standard of whatever the great views, this, that, and the other. And it's it's one of those things that I I do think it makes a difference. Mm. Oh, absolutely does. Absolutely does. and um, you know, I, I like saying. I, mean, I think that the, the uh, one, the one of the alternatives for this. So if you if you if you can't afford the top notch, um, you know, big spaces, um, and you don't want to go into the less environmentally friendly um, second tier spaces, the the uh, as you say, you know, the we we work and spaces and things um, are. I th- are very good alternatives. I mean, I, I've never worked yeah. in a WeWork, for instance, but I've had loads of meetings in them. They do look pretty good. Um, and I did actually look at inner spaces to potentially go to a spaces uh, myself here. So, but um, yeah, I mean, they, you know, that, that can maybe they can actually benefit from this because um, if people don't, if companies don't want to take out, or commit to very long uh, or long-ish contracts. I mean, the contracts are getting shorter these days. Um, But, uh, you know, if they don't want to do that, but they want somewhere that's pretty modern and nice, then actually the the likes of WeWork should do quite well. Because the thing is, is that I think, I mean, and I've certainly said this in the past, is that the problem with, one of the problems with WeWork is, and and others like them, is that um, if, companies are deciding that they want less space um that means that they've got space available and if that space is available that means there's a bigger supply of space which means that prices are generally going to trend downwards however if um we work emphasize the quality of what they have to offer and say look this is like having you know big office um uh, facilities without the big office price tag, Mm -hmm. then actually they could do quite well, I think, from that. Yeah, and they, I do wonder if they got more into almost the commercial real estate side of things. If Mm. WeWork was 
picking up these buildings, if this if space or spaces was picking up these buildings that are coming for sale, mm. they themselves could make it look quite nice. Because even mm. a, a lot of the WeWork aesthetic is very wide open, white walls, bright color, like nice, yeah. like the nice look. And it doesn't take a lot mm. to make the office look like that. So mm. Maybe get into more of a commercial mark. Maybe we'll see more. I mean, I feel like we have so many WeWorks already, but mm. you never know. They might pick up even more offices and be able to um, rent them out to places that do mm. only want half the office space that they used to. So yeah. it could be yeah. an opportunity for them as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I think it's, uh, you know, it's an interesting situation. It's ongoing, but I think ultimately um, places that provide uh, office space which meets environmental standards but doesn't cost the earth you know they they could they could do quite well potentially oh yeah yep so what was your story today peter so i'm going to talk about something i don't know anything about which is golf <laughs> um i mean i i know i mean you know i i've i have uh, uh, you know done a, a tiny bit in the past um but um but yeah so i mean today's big news i guess um is is uh, which you know, it's on the back, presumably on the back page and the front pages, is the fact that um, the PGA Tour and Live, uh, Live Golf are, are getting together um, via the uh, Saudi Arabia's Sovereign Wealth Fund, the Public Investment Fund, which I'll call the PIF, P-I-F. Um, I think that, um, that I think, yeah, I, I think that um, this is, a shocker first firstly because there's been so much bad uh, blood between PGA and Live Golf um and you know you've had this is pitted um players on either side of the divide um because you know and, and uh, well because so you know some of them were paid huge amounts to to defect um from PGA onto the live the onto the live tour and uh now you think that rory mcelroy and tiger woods for instance may be feeling a little bit awkward um given the fact that they were so vociferous about their support for the pga um and were you know not very complimentary about um you know some of their colleagues who had uh you know jumped ship as it were but now obviously um they they it seems they backed the losing they backed the losing horse um and it will see how it goes from now but it just is i think pretty amazing um you know my main sort of takeaway from this uh well one of the main takeaways is i think that organizations generally don't i mean this is maybe a bit cynical but organizations generally don't care that much about who who is in them um you know they i think that they have yeah they there is obviously some concern for them um but i think ultimately they need they all their organization to survive um clearly they saw this as as something that would be best for the best interests of the survival of both um but you know but the other thing as well though is is it does say to me like how 
um, Saudi Arabia, but it's not just Saudi Arabia, by the way, it's, you know, other oil producing countries in particular with their own sovereign wealth funds. You know, they are putting money about a bit and they're doing it in sports. Um, I think it was interesting over the last few years where you've seen increasing protectionism going on into varying degrees uh, in, in Europe, in the UK, in America, you know, all, all around the world, really. And I think that a lot of that, uh, a lot of the regulation was aimed not necessarily specifically directed but it was in in reality it was basically aimed at not letting china or um oil producing countries uh you via their so sovereign wealth funds investing in sensitive sectors you know like uh pharmaceuticals like tech you know all that sort of thing so what else can they invest in? Well, they can invest in sports because I guess the governments don't really care that much about sports. Um, and so, you know, the Saudis are transforming football in, in, in this country. Um, they are obviously, um, they're, you know, they're transforming golf as well. Um, and you just think of the, the number of the number of um, you know uh, an F one of course you know is another one that they're that they're transforming as well, and so I think that they may be this this is a a kind of a a, a quiet offensive as it were to try to chip away at the um, uh, you know the the opinion that stops. Uh, countries from being more receptive um, to uh, overtures from uh, Saudi Arabia and countries like it um, and to with a view that at some point in the future you know the, the resistance will be worn down and suddenly they can invest a lot more um, in other sectors um, and this is all part of the fact that they that um, uh, Saudi Arabia in particular um, they have a, a program called Saudi Vision 2030, uh, and this is a plan that was put together by um, uh, Crown Prince uh, Mohammed bin Salman, MDS, uh, as he's, he's also called, um, who to try to um, get his countrymen to rely less on oil revenues and to that end is investing in lots of other things like tech. Uh, etc to expand their horizons so that um in the future they you know when oil runs out um they will have something else you know that 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 they can live from so you know i think it's all part it's all part of that um they are taking over sports at the moment ultimately yeah i mean we've got now we've got you know uh, i again i'm not a massive footballer but you know man city um, you know, they look like they're on for the treble at the moment. And by the way, if there are Man City supporters out there, I'm not saying that to try and jinx your team. I'm just saying, um, uh, but that you know, there's, there's, there's <laughs> the treble is on. You know, they've got they've they've invested in the best, you know, the best manager, the best players, and look what's happening. Um, and yeah, so I mean, I I just think that it will be interesting to see how this develops, um, it, you know, in future years and whether there are any other areas. Um, that the PIF is going to try to kind of take over. <laughs> uh, but what, what what do you think? Yeah, so I do think it's obviously a wise decision for them to start diversifying mm. because oil is eventually, it is, it's, 
not a renewable resource. So it's something that they will eventually run out of. Um, Mm -hmm. And obviously they have quite a lot of money to put into different industries. So I think it's a smart move for them to diversify. Now, Mm -hmm. on the other hand, for me, obviously I was, I know I'm not the only one that was shocked by this merge because of it, they had had quite a bitter rivalry happening for a while, mm. which is why people like Tiger Woods and McKill is it McIlroy? Is that right? Mm. Um, McElroy, why yeah. people like that took yeah. a side really is what they did. Yeah. And those are two players that can afford to take a side, can afford to stand by mm. what they believe to be their standards. And so I understand why they went about it the way they did. They wanted mm. to by what has made them the billions that they already have. Mm. And so I feel like they stuck to their guns. They wanted to stick to what they believed in. And that's probably a good thing. Mm. And I'm, yeah, I'm shocked that this went, I mean, there was legal issues between the two. There were just arguments. There was that they were not happy that Saudi was coming in and live was coming in and trying to take their players, obviously. Mm. And so to see them, like you said earlier, money talks, obviously, mm. what happened there, because they, the sum was right, and they mm. said, okay, well, that solves the problem of you trying to steal our players, we'll just take that amount of money, and we'll call it good, and we'll work together. Yeah. So I get that. It's It all makes sense. The issue that I have with this is the side of Saudi Arabia's issues with human rights. Mm. That's something that I always look at. And it's been kind of a bothersome thing watching them take over more and more sports Mm. because women's sports already get far less funding Mm. and far less recognition and far less, frankly, everything than Mm -hmm. men's sports. And that's something that's really frustrated me. And to see that Saudi Arabia is now going to come in and start funding sports. What does that mean for women's sports? Is it just going to perpetuate what's already been happening for all these years? Mm. What women have been fighting for? Mm. is the equal wages is the equal deals for advertisement even Mm. really things like that and how is having a country that doesn't have strong women's rights going to affect women's sports yeah yeah no i agree i I think that's a very good point and uh no doubt it's it's going to be something that you know uh is going to be part of the conversation at some point whether or not yeah, how it's taken, um, though, is is up for debate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess we'll, it's one of those things where we'll just have to see. But uh, but I do think that this, you know, clearly this is this is quite a shocking move. Um, no one saw it coming. Like I say, least of least of all, uh, Rory Rory McElroy. Um, but um, but you know, it's happening. Um, there's obviously the Saudis are putting that, you know, throwing their money around. Uh, I. I wonder what sports next, you know, uh, what, what, what one's next up. So, uh, so anyway, I do, I do also wonder if there will be compensation for people like McElroy and um, just because they didn't, they didn't agree to this, but will they get compensation now that there's a merger? Are they going to get yeah. more money now that there's been a merger? Uh, yeah. Tiger Woods as well. I think McElroy is supposed to make a statement about it later today. Yeah. So uh, I, it'll be interesting. I can't imagine. I mean, I, I would have thought that they would, you know, they'll say, "Oh well, never mind. Don't don't take it personally." And they might bung him a few a few extra quid because um, yeah. obviously they are they 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 are you know they are they do find uh, it hard to um, you know for two ends to meet, don't they? Um, making two ends meet um, these these golfers, these elite golfers. <laughs> um, but um, 
I yeah, I mean, I remember um, Tiger Woods in particular being offered silly money, like really silly money, um, to defect. And I guess that now they're not going to they're not going to have to offer him that. Um, and yeah, so I mean, I'm sure it'll work out. As I, uh, you know, as I've said before, and I said in in today's Watson's Daily, money talks. Everyone's got a price, especially in in this, and uh, and I'm sure that they'll work it out somehow. It just is a bit of embarrassment for them initially, but ultimately, I think it's just going to fade away. Um, anyway, there you go. Um, I think we better stop there. But uh, thank you very much indeed uh, for your insights uh, today's um, stories, Lacey. That was that was great. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Peter. No problem. And thank you very much for everyone else and uh, listeners. To listening into into us talking um hope you got some value from it um we will be back again to talk some more tomorrow so many thanks bye bye <laughs>